That story has no impact on anybody's life. This is Ed McMahon, and now, here's Armstrong and Getty. I'm taping all these conversations, just like you to know that. Live from the Studio C. Check one, check two. A C, senor. A dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And today, on a Tuesday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. The Justice Department. Or is it the Injustice Department, man? Oh, wow. I see how you turned that phrase. Yeah. Made it the opposite of what you usually say. Exactly. Oof. Ah, take that, Biatches. Devastating. Um, so do you think Omarosa is uh, telling the truth about the tape? About the N-bomb tape? Yeah. I don't know. She's a congenital liar, so it's... So was... This is what I keep thinking. So was... So was the guy testifying against Paul Manafort. Up until the point that the the jig was up, and then he... Oh, old Gates. Uh, yeah. yeah, he lies about everything. True. So was Jose Canseco until the jig was up, and then he exposed all kinds of stuff. Right. Didn't mean he was uh, lying about that. Got an expired jig here. <laughs> <laughs> and she says that the person that has the tapes of him dropping in bombs, which would be a, geez, a just a natural, a national cluster F. Oh, boy. When they release that. Oh, golly. But um, she says that that person is holding on to him for political reasons. She said she doesn't know what they're planning to do with it. Her the feeling is that their plan is to release him before the election in no- this November. But the midterms, huh? She doesn't know. I might go ahead and sit on it till 2020 if I had it and had the intention to use it, which I wouldn't. Boy, that'll be a day if that happens. And I'll tell you why. I don't appreciate if it's true. Uh, you know, it's certainly uh, repugnant. But this trend of treating private conversations as public pronouncements—it's—it's not healthy. It's not good. It's going to make us all crazy. Right. Um, let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll uh, start over there with our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing okay. I clipped my fingernails this morning, and the thing that I wow. had a difficulty with <laughs> could have been our lead. Yeah. <laughs> are your toes? But they're okay. You, <laughs> but I, I I may have gotten clippers that are too cheap or whatever because when it grips the nail, it you have to really press down and then it finally yeah. cuts and then it shoots the nail like across the room. Right, right. And so I find myself chasing fingernails 
And it's just a becomes a real big task. I have found that spending the extra dollar and a half for the better pair at CVS or something really makes a difference. Yeah, don't torture yourself. Throw those things away today. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I didn't think there was a difference. I just picked one out off the shelf. I didn't know any better. Or yet. find some uh, homeless guy. Say, hey, you need some nail clippers? Something tells me they don't care where their nails shoot. So. It'd be nice. Wow. And a tax deduction. Wow. Wow. There's I'm positive, Joe Getty. There's positive <laughs> show. You're practically Dave Ramsey with that. <laughs> and it's a tax deduction. Uh, there is Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Uh, doing very well. Do we want to hear about how technology is going to ruin us or save us? <laughs> I like both. Okay, I like, I'll, I like I'll, both. I'll do a quick version of each then. Uh, an 11-year-old at the hacking convention DEFCON uh, managed to change election results on a replica Florida state website in under 10 minutes. So probably nothing to worry about there. Wow. Well, to me, that just speaks to the fact that uh, the uh, the whoever put that stuff together probably did a really, really bad job of it, which doesn't surprise me in the least. But go on. But how will technology save us? That's how it's going to ruin us because we're doing the voting on the text. Yeah, we got it. Okay, how it's going to save us. Google's DeepMind, the thing that had mastered chess and the game Go and beat the best human competitors at Uh it, seems to have gotten bored with the gaming industry and has now advanced onto medicine. It can identify more than 50 eye diseases from 3D scans and recommend treatment. Yeah, wow. that that's definitely uh, that's definitely part of the future with computers because they can have so much knowledge in their head that that no doctor can have in their head. Uh, they can have so much knowledge that no doctor could have. They the the best computers could have every bit of knowledge that exists about eyes or cancer or whatever, every bit that's ever been known, right? And crunch it together, which is really amazing. Well, uh, and and can take a look at the ratio of this vein to that artery, for mm-hmm. instance. You know, just to pick something out of the air and instantly compute what it is, and say, "Wow, that's in the uh, questionable range." Probably ought to look into that. Mm. Uh, there's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I uh, admittedly have not uh, paid much attention uh, to this for quite a while, but I have just discovered that a bunch of schools are back in session today. Mm-hmm. I guess. August 14th? Man, that is early. I'd say I got two weeks for my kids. Boy, I'll tell you, if they tried to pull that on me when I was a kid, I would rebel. <laughs> August 14th? <laughs> rebel. Come on now. <laughs> that's uh, That seems pretty early, but, uh, you know, whatever. You're going to be quiet? You're going to put on your collared shirt? You're going to get on the bus and go to school, little uh, Marshall? Uh, that's enough guff out of you. <laughs> if you want a whorehound after school today, <laughs> you're going to mine. I would wear my suspenders and carry my attache case with my butch haircut and go to school, yes. First day of school, they probably have a taffy pull after school anyway to kind of welcome everybody back. That's nice. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Tuesday, August 14th of the year 2018. We're setting you straight in 21-8. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, then. Let's begin the show officially according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go at Mark. And I told him exactly what you just said on Marissa, which is, well, it depends on what scenario you're talking about. And he said, well, why don't you just go ahead and put it to bed? All right. What was that? That is an excerpt of the latest tape released by one Omarosa, where White House staffers are discussing the possible uh, responses to a release of the quote-unquote N-word tape. Okay. So this is somehow proof that the staff knew about it. All right, now that I know what the hell we're talking about, can you play it again? Did she put a date on that? Do we know? Was this pre-her coming out with all this stuff? What do you mean? Was this like a week ago, a month ago, this, years ago? The when this recording was? Yeah. Um I don't know if they've said when this actually Okay. Twenty sixteen October twenty sixteen yeah. recording. Oh yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So during the campaign. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, let's go. 
All right, I was totally mystified by that. Let's hear it. And I told him exactly what you just said, on Marissa, which is, well, it depends on what scenario you're talking about. And he said, well, why don't you just go ahead and put it to bed? Go ahead and do what? Put it to bed? Put it to bed. So yeah. just put this story to bed. Just yeah. uh, This is just, the, it was just the opening clip. This is just a small portion of it. Okay. We can yeah. play the I full need, time. I need, I need to hear more. I need to hear more. Uh, what are other headlines, Marshall Phillips? As we were mentioning, Amorosa stepping up her attack on President Trump with more tapes. Trump firing back, calling her a dog. And we are getting a lot closer to fleets of flying cars. Well, she's clearly an awful human being. I mean, she has said and done anything at any turn, whatever benefits her. And the, because uh, I saw this on a number of shows with a number of different black <clears throat> leaders in the world of opinion. Uh, they had turned on her years ago because she stood up and, 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 and said to the black community, while Trump was running for election, you can trust this guy and blah, blah, blah. Now she's saying, I heard him use the N-word over and over again. All right. So she's a, a horrible human being, no matter how you slice it. Doesn't mean it's not true, though. And then, what if it is? Is that the death penalty or what? What? We'll, we'll have to discuss that, I suppose. Uh, how does mailbag look? Oh, it's outstanding. My goodness. Great freedom-loving quote of the day. A lot of reaction to suicidal airplane guy. And much more. Yeah. Yeah, that's still an interesting story. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Of the nation. think would be the uh, com- the computer the computer i'll refer to computer technology as the computer if the computer could ever figure this out um because for a long time nobody thought a computer could ever beat a human being at chess um um and variety of things we talked about in the recent weeks with the robotic hands uh, making a bed and stuff like that county fair chicken could beat me at chess but go on <laughs> just can't concentrate that long if a computer could either ever predict the weather or the economy, I think that'd be amazing. Take in, because for the weather, you'd have to be able to take in every piece of information that there is about moisture and temperatures and everywhere and everything like that. But to where they could actually predict it to exactly what it's going to do. Because mm-hmm. there's, there's some rhyme or reason to it. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Well, and there are sophisticated models. And similar with the but, economy. But they, uh, they're they somewhat less than 100%. Jeez, I'd say. Mm. Um, uh, or the economy. That'd sure. be something. Yeah. Yeah. Difficult to measure sentiment, which obviously doesn't affect the weather very much, but it affects the economy. Yeah. True. <laughs> True. Yeah. That would be it. That would be the wild card there. Yeah. yeah. Although, you know, it's not People inconceivable. Get, you could come up with something that would accurately measure expressions of sentiment, too. But yeah. you're getting pretty sophisticated there mm-hmm. on the computer. <laughs> Mailbag. So last weekend, uh, this past weekend, you heard all about the hate groups, of course, being the uh, Klan and the, the white supremacists. White supremacists. For some reason, you didn't hear that all the violent hate groups, it would seem, were attempting to be violent toward uh, the president or anybody who supports the president. Wait till you hear some of this tape. Unbelievable. Mm. And how did the media ignore it? Doesn't fit the narrative. It's unbelievable. Does not fit the narrative. 
Moving along, here's a freedom-loving quote of the day sent along as often by uh, Ben Libertarian. It's from Edward Gibbon, historian, writer, thinker. In the end, more than freedom, they wanted security. He's talking about ancient Athens. They wanted a comfortable life, and they lost it all. Security, comfort, and freedom. When the Athenians finally wanted not to give to society, but for society to give to them, when the freedom they wished for most was freedom from responsibility, then Athens ceased to be free and was never free again. Who said that? Uh, Edward Gibbon. Oh, okay, from the decline and fall. So, um, uh, yeah, well, you know. Does does anybody even need to say anything? I mean, it's so clearly true. Clearly, yes. Somebody needs to say it over and over again, as for the first time in the history of measuring this, Democrats are more positive about socialism than capitalism, according to Gallup. Yeah, whatever they mean by that. Doomed! Um, We're doomed! Yeah. It's it's just the, the cycle of life. It's this it's a cycle of cultures. Get protected and comfortable and yes and you just want to be more protected and more comfortable, mm. no matter what. Yes. And you can't imagine Indeed. it ever going away. Shocking, shocking. And we lose resourcefulness and toughness like this email is talking about. Amy, the Joe Getty method of reviving stale donuts is so on point. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, that's correct. Uh you got like a three day old donut, it's a little dry, a little hard, a little stale. Take a little bit of water, sprinkle that water on there, just a little bit now, just a little bit. You microwave that thing for about 15 seconds. You can always microwave it more. Keep that in mind. Best to leave it short and have to nuke it another six, seven seconds. You morons who only, like, do 30 seconds because there's a button for that. No, sometimes 17 (laughs) seconds is the right amount. Sometimes it's 22. Sometimes it's 33. How old the donut? And you would raise donuts from the dead. You were donut Jesus. That's right. So, um, uh, how old a donut would you attempt to revive? There has to be a limit, even for you. Four days is really oh pushing my it. God. That's four, really pushing four it. Four days. That's at the limits of my powers. Wow. Three was generally doable. Why don't you try four to bring a touch ho- and go? Bring a hockey puck back around. Four days. Four. I would. I would tell wow. you know the loved ones that I'm going to do what I can, but I'm not a miracle worker. <laughs> But three days is uh, is pretty easy. Wow, that's something. Uh, Amy says, "No witty sign off here. I've ate, eaten too many donuts. Must now take Monday morning nap." Oh boy, donut sugar crash. Taking a nap. Oh wait a minute, I gotta click on this to be ready for this. This is great. Uh, this is a nice idea from uh, Ben. Uh, we know the media is always trying to create a big story out of nothing, and here's a very appropriate clip uh, for a phrase that describes it. Instead of nothing burger. Why don't you go with a wish sandwich? Hmm. Have you ever heard of a wish sandwich? A wish sandwich is the kind of a sandwich where you have two slices of bread and you <laughs> wish you had some meat. Ball, ball, ball. Yeah, questionable joke and iffy music, honestly. Hey, bada ha, bada hit a water. That's from uh, Ben. Uh, he, uh, let's see, he says, uh, sounds like cable news always grabbing some story and wishing for a meaty sandwich. I mean, disrespect, no disrespect to the air taco, which is far superior to the nothing burger. And then he requests that Marshall do an investment segment before the next big golf tournament. The man is on fire and we all like bacon. All right, happy to do that for you, sir. Let's see. Ah, uh, Al, we'll say it's Al Anonymous. I've been a proud member of the United States Coast Guard, the forgotten branch, some would say, for the last three years, and an A&G fan for twice as long. I'm stationed in Texas, but for a, from a small town in central California, 
and uh, planned a trip to see my girlfriend. She requested going to a Giants game in San Francisco. Being a daily listener to your show, I was very concerned about the possibility of seeing poo on the streets or being attacked by a homeless person. You're you're a man of the well. Being attacked is one thing, but you're a, you're a man of the military. You should be able to handle seeing human poo on the sidewalk. The thought haunted me for weeks until we finally arrived at the city. As soon as we got off the Bay Bridge, we were treated to the sight of a shirtless, bearded man screaming at people crossing the street. There you go. That's nice. about right. That's freaking fantastic. Happy to report there. Jeez, was... and if you were going to the ball game, you'd have to think, I can't go. I can't take my kids through this. I can't do that. Right. That's not being responsible. Nice. Yeah. Happy to report there was no poo encountered and that AT&T Park still manages to be the most beautiful stadium in the nation, despite the city around it crumbling to pieces. Anyway, Owen Poo. Mm. And if you think I read that email purely to get to that, you might be correct. Mm. How are we doing for time? We're doing great for time. Uh, (laughs) On the topic of terminal velocity, Jeremy in Eagle, Idaho, who's uh, one of uh, several folks I'm meeting with, uh, during uh, Joe in Boise Fest, <laughs> Joe in Daho this Friday night. Isn't that exciting? Having some beers with Boise area fags. There you go. Um, anyway, Jeremy says on the topic of terminal velocity, hello, professors. Let's dust off the old high school phys- physics book, shall we? Simplest way to explain terminal velocity is the speed at which an object falls where the force pulling on the object, gravity, is equal to the drag, the wind resistance. The main factors affecting terminal velocity are mass, surface area, and the fluid, including air, through which it travels. General, the more dense an object, the higher terminal velocity. There is no terminal velocity in a vacuum. Think about that. Feathers and rocks will fall at the same speed in a vacuum as there is no resistance. It's fascinating, isn't it? Absolutely. Stunning. I have no idea why this person sent this along, but I appreciate it. It's uh, JG, been a listener since the early days. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Here's my favorite obvious sign. There you go, Jack. Would you like to read that to the folks? Illegal dumping is a crime. That's right. Illegal dumping is a crime. You know, it's right there in the name. Mm. That's great. Report illegal dumping. You should report illegal dumping. It's disgusting and selfish. You wouldn't believe how many people go out in the country and uh, and dump off like their old washing machine stuff like that just in a ditch Yeah, on a county road. Yeah. What is wrong with people? Uh, they're stupid and selfish. Uh, and then finally this. This is for everybody. It's uh, really addressed to Positive Sean. Uh, keep me anonymous, says somebody, for reasons I cannot conceive of. Fear. Um, oh, I Fear see. Fear of reprisal. Oh, I Take see. Take a where shot you... at the king. You best not miss. Bring it, emailer. They're not taking a shot at you. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That <laughs> was a preemptive defensive lunatic. shot. <laughs> I see where this person works. Yeah, okay. Now I get it. I get it, Al or Anonymous. Today, Positive Sean said he wanted to get into the stock market, but felt it was a carnival game he couldn't win. I can see why he feels that way, especially when it comes to individual stocks. Hinky stuff goes all the, goes on all the time with individual stocks. Yeah, that's what I was going to say yesterday. Stay away from the individual stock thing, unless you got a lot of money to play with. And a lot of time. And a lot of time to, uh, yeah, research. Sometimes they're targeted by short sellers, disseminate, blah, blah, blah. Knowing a congressman dumps. would help. <laughs> right. There's pump and dumps, which is one of my favorite terms. You should be you'd be wise to heed the Oracle of Omaha, Warren Buffett, who said the twenty first century blah blah blah. The goal of the non professional should not to be to pick winners, neither he or his helpers can do that, but should rather be to own a cross section of businesses that in aggregate are bound to do well. A low cost S P five hundred index fund will achieve this goal. There you go. I'm not investing to be rich. I want to invest so I can pick the winner so I can show everybody how smart I am. That is uh, there's a lot of people that invest that way, actually. That's a common thing. To be able to brag about the buying a stock early. By AOL. Marshall's News <laughs> next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. 
A number of um, hosts have pressed Omarosa pretty pretty good on her. Uh, well, I think they hated her from back when she was supporting Trump. They pressed her pretty good on her credibility. She doesn't oh, come I, up. I appreciate that because some are fawning all over, which I, I, is truly reprehensible. I don't know if you've seen any of the interviews with her, but she comes off. She doesn't come off. She doesn't sound like she's obviously lying. She could be really, really good at it. Well, she's a very smart woman and a congenital liar. But she's she's not, good at it. But she's not like uh, some of those people that you see where it's just obvious that they're lying. Um, well, no, I, she's she's a con woman. She's a grifter, and she's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we'll get into some of that later. Is there an N-bomb tape out there that she's heard that somebody's holding on to for an October surprise? I don't know. Let's get to the news now, Marsha Phillips. Quick note, fires in the West. We got another death being reported as the wildfires rage on in California. This time it was a firefighter killed battling the Mendocino Complex fire. That firefighter is the sixth to die in the past few weeks. We've got fire crews battling more than 20 wildfires across California. And crews are trying to get a handle on six major fires burning in southern Oregon right now. So the battle is continuing on a lot of fronts. President Trump is saying former White House staffer Omarosa Manigault Newman lied when she called him a racist who said the N-word on tape. The president tweeting last night, I don't have that word in my vocabulary and never have. She made it up. In her book Unhinged, Omarosa claims Trump campaign was very well aware of the existence of a tape with Trump using the N-word, she said she recorded an October 2016 phone conversation with Lynn Patton, then an assistant to Eric Trump, and spokesperson Katrina Pearson. She gave that recording over to CBS News, and she says in it they are all discussing how to deal with the potential fallout from the release of the N-word tape. I'm trying to find out at least what context it was used in to help us maybe try to figure out a way to spin it. I said, well, sir, can you think of any time that this might have happened? And he said, no. Well, that's not you know, true. How do you so He goes, how do you think I should handle it? And I told him exactly what you just said, Marissa, which is, well, it depends on what scenario you're talking about. And he said, well, why don't you just go ahead and put it to bed? If, if the N-word tape is what they're talking about, yeah. because... You know, he's had a lot of scandals. You could lift that phone call from a bunch of different mm-hmm. things um, if you wanted to. Sure. Uh, one question I have is in, in, in what context, you know, uh, are, are you calling somebody that in anger meant to be derogatory? Sure. Are you discussing the word as it is? And, and you got to remember, here's Can a you guy, believe South Park used the word? You know? Right. Uh, here's a guy in his 70s. Maybe you don't remember this. We should dig up the tape. It'd, it'd, it'd make a good point. It was the point of a joke on a Saturday Night Live skit in the 70s. Chevy Chase saying the word to Richard Pryor. It wasn't as um, radioactive as it is now, where I I can't even say the word in discussion of the word without losing my job. They used to say it on Saturday Night Live to make jokes. Even as it's omnipresent in rap music. Again, that crazy irony of the modern day. Or All in the Family or various other sitcoms in the 70s. You could say it on television and it wouldn't end your career. People would just think, oh, that's funny because he's pretending to be a racist and use the word blah, 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 right. blah. Right. But now you can't say it at all. So you got to remember. So in that context, it's not hard to imagine that Donald Trump has at some point in his life. Um, 
dropped an N-bomb. Sure, it's not uh, unbelievable, but it would be incredibly damaging politically. So oh, everybody yeah. will oh, act yeah. as if oh, he, yeah. oh, yeah. you know, walked into well, a predominantly black school and started screaming oh, sure. the word at children. And we'll apply today's standards to, you know, whatever. Of course. But yeah. um, mm-hmm. you can do to damage, you do 2016? damage. 2016? Exactly. <laughs> 2016. I don't remember 2016. No, to a guy who grew up in an era right. where the per- word was perfectly okay. You, it wasn't okay, but people said it all the time. It wasn't the end of your life if you said it. Um, Particularly in a non-aggressive context. But regardless but of that. But it's not like the tape was right. from the 70s. The, right. no, no, I see no, 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 no. Sure. And, and this is academic anyway. It's not going to make any difference. Once it, if, if he said it and it's on tape, it is going to be explosive. Right. I mean, just over-the-top explosive. Will it change any votes? That I don't know. That I don't know. It, it will drive cable news for weeks. That I don't know. And, um, well, it certainly hurts with your... You know, black unemployment is actually the lowest it's ever been in history. Right. Um, you're not going to get any good out of that. <laughs> I mean, probably. So I don't know. Trump campaign advisors are denying that any conversations took place regarding all this. Omarosa telling CBS this morning. The moment we start talking about the N-word tape, I was surprised how no one doubted that he said it. And in fact, they had worked to try to suppress this tape for so long. And everyone says he said it. He's embarrassed. He doesn't want this to come out. And now they're saying they have never heard these allegations. Back and forth and back and yeah, forth. Frank Luntz, who's a pollster who's yeah. on TV all the time, he's quoted in her book. She says that Frank Luntz told me he heard it, and then he has said, yesterday he said, I'm quoted in the book having told her I've never heard Trump say that. I never told her that. I don't have any idea what she's talking about. So at least one quote from the book, that person has come right. forward and saying, that's just made up. And she never called him to verify the information right. that she'd heard somewhere else right. or something like that, yeah. And this morning, Trump is just... By the way, anybody who saw her on The Apprentice knows she has a history of bringing up racial beefs in bizarre ways. Somebody, uh, she uh, she said, you're pretty insensitive to somebody or something like that. And she said, wow, talk about the pot calling the kettle black. And she said, oh, good, now it's about race! And started screaming at the person that that expression was clearly racist. And this morning, Trump has tweeted out, quote, She'd be a little more... I keep interrupting you, Marshall. Yeah, I'm sorry. She'd be a little more believable. And any of these people would, with any story, if you didn't have a book coming out today. Yes. I mean, that's that's so freaking weak. Yeah. If you're so deeply bothered by these various things, come out and say them when you aren't going to profit from it. It'd be a little easier to believe you. A book, by the way, that is titled Unhinged, and if you listen to the interview she's been doing the last couple of days, she keeps saying, and you know, President Trump is unhinged. Unhinged. Right. Plug, plug, plug. This morning, anyway, she she is Trump's greatest apprentice. This is like a kung fu movie. (laughs) The student is like fighting the master. This is, I'm, yeah, that's that's, that's how I see it. This happens all the time, though. The guy that uh, did drugs with Lance Armstrong, and they were winning all those uh, winning all those races and making all that money. He writes a book, turns on him, tells us the real story when his book comes out, which makes I mean, him just, a hero. And Jose Canseco did that, and they all do that. They 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 lie and do whatever they're going to do as long as they're profiting from that. When the jig is up, you get fired, you get exposed, whatever it is. Then you write a book, and then you're willing to come forward because the truth is so important to you. It's all so grubby. 
<laughs> Again, this morning, Trump tweeting, quote, when you give a crazed, crying lowlife a break and give her a job at the White House, I guess it just didn't work out. Good work by General Kelly for quickly firing that dog. Right. And dog of tweet. Trump putting her in the White House, giving her any responsibility, giving her a salary that I'm paying is pretty hard to take. You know, uh, boy, you talk about karma. Why did you put her in? She had a staff. I was hearing yesterday about how she treated her staff. Omarosa had a freaking staff yeah. that I was also paying for with my taxpayer money. And she was making top dollars. She's making as much Lord. as anybody in the White House, which is Not astounding. Uh, good. Jeez. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm starting a Getty show, The Conscience of the Nation. Tell you what, barring some sort of shocking revelation, I'm thinking today is the expiration date of her name passing my lips. I can't believe I'm discussing this woman. So somebody goes to college, probably a, a highly placed college with a fancy degree, and you end up being on the staff of Omarosa in the White House. Be cool to be in the White House, but on the other hand, you're the staff for a former reality star who has, I'm not exactly sure what her job is, but I'm on her staff. We're running around committing ethical violations was her job, apparently. Good Lord. Jeez. And Trump brought her in. I mean, that's a that's completely his decision. Yeah. What was the that? whole you gotta vote for me because I hire great people thing is that, that's not gonna be part of the reelection campaign. Just put it like that. So the scariest crowd on the streets over the weekend is the uh, supposed anti racist, anti fascist crowd. We've got some of the tape of that coming up. It's just amazing. Among other things, on the Armstrong and Getty show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Anything good, delicious for the rest of my life. I just need to come to terms with that. What do you mean? You just eat, you must eat only bland and terrible foods to save yourself from. Well, I can't eat you know any. There's no reason I should ever eat any kind of dessert ever again in my life. Because mm. I really believe in that whole set weight point thing. That's the only thing of all the dieting crap that has come in my lifetime. That's the only thing that makes perfectly good sense with my own experience. Right. Once you hit weight X, your body thinks you ought to be there. And if you drop below it, it thinks you're starving. Oh. Uh-huh. And uh, <clears throat> and I, I don't know how you all lose weight and you pull off this whole cheat day thing. That does not work for me. I had some, I had some pie last night. Oh, and boy. I gained a pound and a half in Ooh. one night. <laughs> that doesn't seem possible uh, yeah. unless you believe in that whole set weight thing. My my brain said, oh, finally, an opportunity to get us back up to the weight where we're supposed to be. Right. And right. hung on to every calorie of that. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it is. Anyway. Yeah, just uh, young folks, don't, just don't gain the weight. I'm begging you because you can't lose it like you think you can. I'm begging you. All right, so complete change of topic. Yesterday, we were talking a fair amount about the gentleman who had, uh, he stole a 72-seater at SeaTac Airport, Seattle, Tacoma, and uh, stole it and was doing uh, various loop-the-loops and tricks and stuff, talking to the uh, the tower. He was a suicidal fella, and apparently he followed through on that, crashed, died. Uh, here's a, a bit of the tape. I got a lot of people that care about me, 
and uh, it's going to disappoint them to, to hear that I did this. Um, I would like to apologize to each and every one of them. Um, just a broken guy. Got a few screws loose, I guess. Never really knew it until now. So uh, that was fairly controversial, uh, surprisingly, to, to both of us. Um, in retrospect, I get it now. A lot of you were kind of offended or didn't think that was proper to play it. Um, and then there was a great deal of reaction via the email, text line, etc. Uh, and it varied, and I found it every bit as interesting as this poor son of a gun and his uh Has anything come despair. out about in what way he was broken? Divorce? Job? Finances? I haven't heard much. And one of the there is one of the tapes he talks about. Well, let's just let's just call it minimum wage. He, he's so I guess work was mm. was seemed to be the crux of it from the. Oh my God! Don't kill yourself over have. work. Anyway, a lot of different reactions. Here's Yosemite Mo. The interactions with this suicidal guy are important to hear. As a mental health professional, I deal with hundreds of suicidal people trying to find the keys to intervening in their desire to kill themselves. Good job. Okay. I'm not, oh, I'm sorry, Gary uh, from Coronado says, I haven't heard anyone ask just how in the hell this guy was able to take, to start this plane and taxi out for takeoff at a major airport like SeaTac in broad daylight without ringing all sorts of bells with ground control. Just think about that security breach and what could have been the end result. This That's a good sto- point, Gary. This story 15 years ago would be all about how did somebody get in a plane and fly it off, because right. uh, could have flown it into a, a giant crowd. There was a big live concert going on at that time. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, here's a nice note from uh, Will. I think I can offer insight in the whole ordeal with the guy who stole the plane. My wife suffers from depression and suicidal thoughts. She does not want to exist. She does not want to be alive. For her, this is just a fact of life. We have spent countless hours discussing this, and she makes it clear that the only reason she chooses to stay alive is to be with me. Life is mentally painful for her, etc., etc. She's not psychotic. She's normal in every other way. This guy is easily the same. She's probably suffered with wanting to die for his entire life. Uh, story makes me sad because it's hard to know what kind of pain was in the man's brain all his life. It's something we also need to discuss. No one talks about suicide and depression, but it's so common in our society. We need to talk about it to end the stigma behind mental health pro- pro- problems so that we can actually get people help before they decide to take their own lives. All right, Will, thanks for that perspective. Uh, first, uh, love the show. Keep what you're doing, writes Al or Anonymous. Uh, bah, bah, bah. I was one of the texters from yesterday. I just wanted to tell you why I didn't like you playing the audio from the plane guy. I had a cousin who committed suicide. My sister has struggled with being bipolar and having suicidal thoughts. My brother-in-law has had mental issues bad enough that we're just waiting for the phone call that something bad happened. Yikes. I put myself in the plane guy's family's shoes, and I would not want that made public. The same way that I think 911 calls of people in terrifying situations shouldn't be played. You've said it before for other calls where someone is just having the worst day of their life, either because they're having a marital dispute or got into a bad accident or bad run-in with the police. The guy in the airplane is clearly suicidal, in my opinion. Uh, maybe on some drug or hypoxic. He's, his, the air was too thin because he hadn't pressurized the cabin. You're hearing his last thoughts before he finishes the deed. It's essentially a suicide note. Um, if I agree did, with that person. If you did crash into a crowd of people, would you air the tape? My guess is no. Mm, I'm not sure. That's true. Uh, because then it's it's uh, it's evidence of a crime. I mean, it's a material to the commission of a terrible crime. But anyway, I'll, I don't want to get hung up on that. I'm having trouble staying consistent on my theory on this. Because there, oh, there was a 911 call last week I was bothered that we were playing. I don't remember what it was. I was indefensible. It was merely somebody in terror for our entertainment. 
Um, I think you could certainly argue, as others have, that there's value in, in playing this guy's tape and talking about it, but I, I'm not 100% certain. That said, now this is important to get to this part in the time we have. That said, please keep playing the tapes of people held hostage by their very, 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 very hostile cats. People or celebrities being pulled over for DUIs and D-list celebrities being fired by presidential chiefs of staff. My thought is that if I'm stupid enough to drive drunk and start a commotion worth airing, I probably deserve the public humiliation. Okay, so Al's uh, compassion is not endless. <laughs> That's right. It was uh, We were talking about the hot white girl, hot drunk white girl, who's trying to explain to the cop why th- that she shouldn't go to jail because she's pretty. She's pretty and white and a thoroughbred. Boy, we, I don't know what it would be. We should come up with some sort of... I'm surprised that high-profile people, that there hasn't been a case where a high-profile person, whether you're a politician, celebrity, something like that, has failed to call 911 when they should have because they thought this tape will come out and it will be you know, either embarrassing or an intrusion or something like that. I think we already have those celebrity overdoses where too much time was spent not calling for help. Because I can, I can understand thinking that. I yeah. don't want this on the evening news. That's not cool. You should be able to call 911 and say, hey, we got a bad situation. We need help and not think this is going to be on the evening news because I'm the local whatever. That's a powerful argument. Seriously. <clears throat> if anybody feels that, and I can guarantee they do. How would you know? I would. Yeah, absolutely. I guarantee they do. Um, then we've got to change that. That's not cool. No, no. It ought to be private unless there's a, and we used to as a society be able to figure this stuff out, unless there is a compelling societal need to release it. Compelling interest. Who are the violent hate groups? Boy, it's uh, complicated. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.